Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the the new episode of Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. And as we do on this show, I always have a fabulous and amazing guest on to talk to you about her STEM journey, and today is no different. Today's guest is Aisha Sharif, and she's going to spend some time and tell, um, tell us about herself. Um, but first, I want to welcome her to the show. So welcome to the show, Aisha. How are you this, this today? Hi, Tasha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. How are you? Uh, I'm, I am good. I am well. I'm always happy when there's a guest on. <laughs> I love yeah. the interviews. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, what, what happens with the, the show Um and I'll and I'll be truthful um, and tell you and the audience is that this show has actually helped to heal me in a lot of different ways. So I really cherish and honor these conversations um, because I'm always yeah. um, I'm always a learner first. So I really yeah. enjoy learning from your story and from what your um, you know your triumphs and your victories and 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 your struggles and the lessons you've learned and your experiences. So, yeah, I'm always happy. <laughs> amazing. I don't think we ever need to cease to learn. That's the best part of life is continuing continuing to learn and connect with other people. That's exactly right. I think that that once we understand that we are lifelong learners I think it'll take us a long long way and it sort of it changes the mindset right <laughs> absolutely yeah you you don't you stop wanting to arrive I think and you start to focus on enjoying the journey oh love that <laughs> love that <laughs> uh, yeah okay so um as we do on the show I ask you um I ask all of our guests to tell us um your stem story so tell us your stem story Oh, my goodness. I think my STEM story, probably similar to a lot of people, goes back to childhood. I think um, when I turned seven, and I think this, I see this in my children as well. I have a 12-year-old and seven-year-old. And I see the seven-year-old, that progression between the unconscious learning or the unconscious ability to just do things at five, you know, and before five and six, and then the conscious ability to notice things and get a joke and a sense of humor and understand the complicated message at seven is fascinating. So I look back on my childhood and I think um, that my STEM started back then because I was born on a farm in Morocco. We had very limited resources and means and that's a good thing. And we were never bored because we were always creating. We were always playing with different materials and creating things and solving problems and building things. And so I was always a tinkerer because of that. I also had five older brothers and they were very scientific in their mindset, mm-hmm. very good at math. I wouldn't compare my math skills with them because they're just really good at that. Um, but I was influenced by that. So going into high school, I really wanted to focus on math and science, especially biology. I really loved the human body and how it works and animals and wanting to help with that. 
And after going into high school and finishing, I actually transferred very quickly to um, to focus in my university as well on business. But business is science. There's a lot of art to business, but it's primarily science. And from there on, I moved to the UK and I had my master's. And in the UK, I joined 3M, which is a very innovation-based science uh, organization. Um, really joining the company without a technical background is tricky because every product that I dealt with was extremely technical. Mm. And so I started my career in 3M with the health and safety division. And I thought that was challenging, especially looking at the products that we made that had to do with respiratory protection and you know, analyzing chemicals and airborne contaminants and all the science behind that. And then I transferred to automotive and aerospace, which was another beast of um, science-based <laughs> project. So I always loved it. Um, and then recently, about a year ago, I joined an organization called Rocket Club. And what we do is actually teach them, or they teach us, so we teach each other STEM and entrepreneurship to children between the age of seven and 14. And honestly, when I say they teach us, they truly do, because I believe STEM is a lot of iman- imagination, creativity, and all of that really doesn't doesn't start when you start learning it as an adult. It actually really is at, at, its, at, at its prime in a child's brain. And the anecdote with this program and this role is when I started, I was like, I'm adamant this program is really fantastic for children who are in middle school and high school, you know, because mm-hmm. it's you know, it's a differentiator. It's good for their resume. Um, they sort of more are into knowing what they want. I was very wrong and I'm very happy to be wrong because I forgot the seven-year-old I was one day. And it was, it's actually our seven, eight and nine-year-olds that are the most innovative and that they are really brilliant and winning all the awards in the program and super keen and interested and no limiting beliefs when it comes to their imagination on what they can accomplish. So it's been a learning, it's still a learning curve, to be honest. Yeah. I hear it. I mean, so again, I love that age. The, you know, actually from about four to, to about eight to 10, that age is just, it's just magical to me. They, cause, because kids are so, there's a purity there. Um, there is such a, a, they just love to learn and they haven't been, for the most part, of course, you know, there's some outliers and situations that, you know, kids are in that they shouldn't be in, but they just have this, this, this really earnest and pure desire to learn new things, to do new things, to be, you know, to be our experimenter, to be the engineer, to be the, the designer in ways that we lose when we get older. And oh, absolutely. It's, it's just, isn't it? It's like amazing to watch. It's like, wow. Okay. Cause there, cause when you were talking about no limiting beliefs, there's there, they are forming it as they're doing the things like whatever their beliefs are, they get the opportunity to form them while they're creating new things, while they're learning a yeah. new, whatever, you know, a new skill or learning how to code or learning how to program or learning how to put together a program, learning how to build a car, it's just it's just something lovely to see. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, after all, what is a scientist? A scientist is somebody who has a fancy playground and they're playing all day long. You know? Uh, you know, they've got all these fancy formulas and materials and just 
toys, really, mm. basically. So I think that the ability to continue to cr be creative is, I think we lose it. I, I, and I don't think we lose it because we do that on purpose. I think we lose it because we stop using it. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many times where I sit there and I try to be creative and it's actually hilarious to watch because my <laughs> brain is blank. I'm like, you know, it's somebody who's, it's almost trying to sit there and meditate, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, you cannot do that. It's just the state of mind that, you know, that when you practice, it comes to you easier. And um, one of the things that I actually love about being in Rocket Club is actually the founder, Alex Hadari's He's a basically he, he himself admits that he's an, a big kid and he mm. is and he's so creative. And he, and one thing that I actually I think a big part of being creative is having fun. And I truly trust having fun. If you're not having fun doing something, you're not going to have that spark. And if you don't have that spark, you're not going to be creative. And so that is a big part of what I what I believe in Rocket Club we do, which is not only encouraging the STEM and the ability to have those skill sets, but also have fun, continue to do what you do that feeds the creativity. Um, and I see some of the most successful people I know are CTOs or in very technical roles, but they paint or they design uh, clothes or um, they, they do something that really feeds the child, the inner child to continue to have fun and get the inspiration which is very transferable to whatever career you're in. So you're saying that they, <clears throat> even if their job doesn't it kind of denote something that is creative, like on a daily basis, but they find ways for, or they have an outlet for when or where that creativity can live and breathe and grow. Um, and, that, yeah. and that helps them in, in their jobs. Yeah, I think it's productive time. And we sometimes, mm -hmm. I don't think it's sometimes, I think a lot of the times we, we only think we're productive when we're working. I honestly think the one hour you take to have fun and walk away from work, whatever that work is that you do, that is probably the most productive time. And that's why I think a lot of people get their best ideas in the shower mm -hmm. or when they're playing golf or when they're playing tennis or swimming or meditating. Because truly when you walk, when you let your brain, when you let the subconscious take over, when you let the inner child that has all the answers take over, that's when the productive time really sets in. And then you can, when you're back to your grind, that's the execution. Ah, uh, got it. I love that. I love the, or at least I, I, I can see how that would work in my mind. Yeah. I can, you know, it's like the correlation between the two is, is it, it makes sense to me. Um, all right. But I want to go back to your, story because I really want to know how um, you made this transition from um, you know sort of corporate America if you will to Rocket Club like what was the mm -hmm. catalyst <laughs> or what 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 was happening in in you know that that time oh my goodness it's such a good uh, question and it's the answer is funny the answer that I was forced to and so what happened was I'm one of those people who doesn't know how not to work or relax I generally don't know how to relax and my family sort of makes fun of me for that too but basically I had to move to the U.S. back in 2000 and let me not get this wrong back in 2012 um, and I had to quit my job with 3M 
my um, husband at the time got transferred and I was exploring coming with him, but it took me a while. So anyway, long story short, I moved to the US. And for those people who don't know, as an immigrant, it's very difficult to get a work permit, regardless of your work uh, experience or skill set. Mm-hmm. And so I was on a B2 visa, which is a dependent visa. I can study, um, I can volunteer, but I cannot work. And that was difficult for me. It was mm-hmm. difficult, but it really forced me to just forced me to do other things I wouldn't have I wouldn't have naturally done. I actually picked up tennis. I met a lot of people. I had my second baby. And then I picked and uh, that's basically within a year. Uh, you know, I, I'm a fast person so it's like <laughs> a lot of things are happening and then I was like what else I'm dying here so I started volunteering with an organization called the Taproot Foundation so the Taproot Foundation is the biggest organized skill uh, for professionals who are volunteering their time and their skills and so I picked up four different projects for nonprofits and I was really super impressed or inspired by the stories I became a board member of the CW, um, one of the biggest organizations in Chicago for abused women, domestic abuse and their children. It's interesting because that, in, that story or that, that position inspired my own divorce. Um, and I was in, a, in an interesting marriage. And so anyway, after that, I decided to do an, an MBA just so that I'm, you know, helping yeah. with my work permit, see if that happens. So after my MBA, I, within three months, I actually joined uh, the ADA, the American Dental Association as a consultant, marketing, marketing consultant, mm-hmm. was having fun. And then I started consulting more. And that's how I met my first startup, um, which was called Inhabitor Furniture Rental. It was really a, a new concept for the Midwest anyway. There was other organizations similar like Furnish um, and other startups in New York and San Francisco who are doing really well, raising series B and C and and we were the first of its kind in the Midwest. And with the founder, I was the second, the second person he hired full time. We actually really, really took off, took, took off. And that process was very enjoyable for me. And so that's how I started with the startup world. And then after a year and a half with Inhabitor, I was looking for something that's got a bit more of a soul than just furniture rental. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great story it's a good product and it's a great problem to solve especially from an environmental perspective and sustainability but that was not my my passion and I was struggling with that it was not my purpose so within a year and a half um within that year and a half I gained a lot of experience and incredible perspective on what I want to do and so I left the role end of March last year actually 2020 yeah 2020, March this year was my one year anniversary with Rocket Club. And I met Alex, the founder by accident um, through, um, through a networking platform. Mm-hmm. And we started talking and I'm like, oh my goodness. So let me tell you my story. I actually, <laughs> I was the first girl in my family to make it out to high school. My older sister actually didn't make it. And to this day, it's, it's, a, big, it's a big insecurity in her life. She recently went through a divorce and she doesn't have a job. She, she only went through the fifth grade. And so girls who don't make it, don't make it. That's it. Who don't go to school, don't make it. And so I'm like, I've always wanted to go back and just help girls, especially. I have a big, because I was the one of three girls in my elementary school and only me and only I survived. The two of them dropped off. The families wouldn't support them. 
um, after fifth grade, you have to leave the little town that you're in mm -hmm. to another smaller town and struggle. There isn't, you know, there isn't housing available. There isn't boarding schools. You're going to have to struggle by living with other family members and, you know, work your way through, uh, you know, middle school and high school. And that's a tough time for a child to do all of that on their own. So I considered dropping, um, dropping out of school a few times in middle school, made it to high school. And that's when I really started to see my vision and what I want to do very clearly and that I need to get out of this, you know. And that what my future would be if I don't get an education. And so that is such a huge part of my bringing and my vision. And so empowering youth, empowering children, especially children who can't afford the opportunities others can to be successful is huge. And so Rocket Club provided that platform for me um, to be able to, you know, you know, execute on that vision. So 50, more than 50% of our members are actually on scholarship. And wow. we have a scholarship fund that supports all these children who actually can't afford STEM, which makes a huge difference difference in their future. And, and not only not only just the learning, it's the mentorship. I think mm -hmm. the mentorship, the inspiration, the role models around you are as important as the education that you get. And so that is such an incredible amount of um, inspiration and purpose that I found with Rocket Club. And through Rocket Club, I met a foundation. I met one of the founders for foundation called the Armin uh, Roy Foundation. Uh, the mother started the Armin Roy Foundation after her son passed away at the age of 14, 2019. And that in itself is an incredible story. So through them, we were able to sponsor some of their children. The foundation basically helps youth in underprivileged communities with technology, especially mm -hmm. in today's world with COVID. If they don't have internet, or computers, their chances are very to be successful are very little. Right. And so we were able to partner with them, sponsor some of the kids. And then for me, it's an easy, you know, it's an easy, it's an easy thing to ask and to do is like, can I help more? You know, because I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out of my way to be part of what they do. It's, it's a very, um, it's a privilege. And I'm very lucky that I was able to be part of their volunteers and I want to do more of that. And um, a lot of people I know, they'll be like, well, you should be busy enough. You have two younger kids and, you know, a, a full-time role. And I also consult a little bit here and there. And mm. I'm like, no, I think um, I personally feel like that giving is a very important process because we learn so much. And we don't really just give. I think the, 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 the taking back is as big as when you actually start to engage with your community because the learning is incredible. Yeah, I have to. Wow. Okay. First, let me just say your story is incredible. Um, the fact that you were, <laughs> you know, that you were, um, you know, one of one of three to, you know, to sort of keep it moving. You, you know, you made it through, you persevered yeah. um, being the only girls. I know that that is in itself is daunting, but you, um, you you persevered through that to get to high school and all of the other things that came along with that um and then pushed yourself continue to grow um and push yourself until you know you've gotten to a point to where you know you found a you found what your purpose is and your passion and you're walking in that um i think your girls seeing that um, and then when, you know, when they're old enough and, and they can get the full picture, when you tell them, you know, your story, um, I, I think that they, they, 
they will admire you. I mean, they'll love you, of course, but they will admire you. Yeah. Because your journey mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah, and I and I think as and I, and you know, I don't want to give myself too much credit because as a child, I generally believe as a child, I I I think as children, as long as there isn't an adult who's trying very hard to derail you, right. you will make it. Yeah, I think as children, we don't know. We don't have the ability to be like, I'm going to fail. I believe. I think right. every child doesn't really have it in them to be like, you know what? I'm going to fail at this. No, I think it only happens. And we see this in the U.S. and other countries. It only happens when a parent, an adult, gets them, takes them out of school or get, gets in the way, you know, gets in the way. Yeah. And so And a peer, too, friends as well, especially for boys. Um, both, but I see it more with boys, especially when they get to middle school and high school. Um, it's just unfortunate that um, that we don't really get out of the way of the children and just let them let their imagination make it. You know, yeah, their imagination think, will make it. Well, I mean, I, so here, there's a couple of things here. Um, one, um, I think you're absolutely right, um, and there's you know there is data and research to support. Um, just how significant the role a parent plays in um, a child's success, um, words that they, you know, that they say, um, how they support and how they show up for kids really does make um, a difference one way or the other. Um, yeah. And so, and yes, our peers are also important. Um, so the girl, you know, the girl and boy thing, um, we we kind of sort of kind of laugh it, laugh at it, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, there was a little boy in your class who told you you couldn't do it. Um, but there's, there is, there is very real data and research that supports that for girls, our, uh, we internalize a lot of those statements and, uh, and by internalize, like we, you know, we absolutely believe those things as an attribute of ourselves as opposed yeah. to something that is, you know, kind of bounces off and, and you keep it moving. So, and because, you know, that's, we're made differently um, and that that's a blessing, um, you know, but in, in, in many instances, in some instances, I'll say not many, some instances that can be a defining moment um, for a girl. And so, I agree. Um, yeah. And why you don't want to give I, yourself credit, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so, okay. So then, so Rocket Club. Okay. So I want to really want to be clear about what it is, where people can, you know, like if they wanted to be involved with it, if they have a, a, a child that they think would be a great fit for your programming. So let's like, like, I want to get into the details of Rocket Club. So tell us what it is, where we can find it, give us more details about some of the programs you guys have. And if a person wanted to volunteer, are there opportunities? What, what do, what do those things look like? Absolutely. A Rocket Club is, um, in a nutshell, a two-year program uh, for children between the age of seven and 14. Two years sounds daunting, but it's a month. It's a month-to-month subscription. It is a hundred percent virtual program, and we basically take the most futuristic technology-based topics and we gamify them for children, so they are 
subconsciously prepared for a future that we don't even know exists yet. So by the time our members graduate after 24 four months, and we have actually had our first cohort of graduates back in January this year, and the majority of them wants to continue because the topics with technology don't stop. They're only going to, what our curriculum looks like six months ago does not look like what it doesn't actually look look like that today right. because the technology changes. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference between Rocket Club and the education or the traditional, if you like, quote unquote, traditional education system. You have a syllabus that's set and you basically train, then you do that. And that works for traditional academia, uh, like calculus and all of the, those topics that are very important. It doesn't work for technology because it's always changing. Right. And so we have 46 cutting edge entrepreneurship and STEM disciplines that we teach, but we teach the latest in them. So that's always changing. Things like blockchain, uh, cryptocurrencies, and the coding behind those technologies are always changing. So that's what we, we focus on. Stock market analysis, learning stock for market capitalization, capitalization, which is a big part of entrepreneurship. Right. And entrepreneurship within the program is our art because we truly believe entrepreneurship is an art. Mm-hmm. Um, there is science to it, but it's mostly creativity and having an artistic uh, imaginative mind to be successful as an entrepreneur to problem to solve a problem that isn't even people don't even think it, you know it's solvable or there is a solution for that like 10 20 years ago we didn't think uber was going to be a thing you know we didn't think <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right i mean so many technologies like spotify grow they you know they they were not even problems at the time but the creative mind of an entrepreneur was able to see that and solve for it we teach things like non fungible tokens, which is for artists, and it's a very, very exciting new topic. Um, These are all topics we teach. The way the club works is interesting. It's truly, you can come to the club every day. We have members who actually join us every day. They either do do a community, which could be 3D printing, could be acting and uh, an improv, could be public speaking, could be debates, could be coding, could be robotics. These are all communities that are available for the kids. Membership is all inclusive, so you don't have to pay extra for lo- for any classes that you take. Mm-hmm. They have one core class a week. So Mondays and Tuesdays are for the younger age group, seven, eight, and nine. Then we have Wednesday and Thursday for the 10 and 11-year-olds. And then we have the Friday for the 12-year-olds. And the way we do it, the curriculum or the lessons are exactly the same for all age groups. But we still separate the age groups because the questions, the discussions, that the maturity level is different. Right. And we don't want we don't want a seven year old to be intimidated by a 40. It's just the, you know, the level of the level of interaction, the way they they see each other is different. So we allow them that emotional space uh, by age group. And so they have a core class once a week, but they also have all the other communities available to them, which they can join. So on average, one member can come to can be part of Rocket Club six days a week or another member could be once a week. So it's mm-hmm. up to them and it creates a level of customization for their journey. You know, I could be uh, a technology-based uh, uh, member, but also super interested in um, um, acting and improv. So that, those are two different things in a, in a world where parents will have to drive their kids to two separate places every week, one for coding or robotics or 
I don't think they can find the core class that we teach. That's something very unique to us. And then another day to go do acting classes. Now we combine everything. It's one-stop shop, which I love. Having two children and having to drive them to two different activities in a big city is not fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, and so we actually pivoted back in uh, March last year to the virtual curriculum. Beforehand, we had two physical locations in New York and two physical locations in New Jersey, and they were mostly robotics-based, and we only had one class a week. So the experience that we have today is extremely rich. You can, our listeners, they can find more information if they go to rocketclub.com. Um, and then when they get there, they can click on the admin page or the admissions page, sorry, not the end, the admissions page. And we have a few videos um, and some more information about the program itself, including an interview that our founder had with Cora, as well as our reviews, a couple of articles that were written by Entrepreneur Magazine and Forbes Magazine. One big part of Rocket Club is mentorship, as I said before, and what we host every day we host a show called Rocket Club Live every day at 5.30 Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Rocket Club Live is fascinating because we interview some of the most incredibly successful people. Um, we've interviewed uh, Bobby Brown, the founder. We've interviewed the co-founder of Netflix, Mark Randolph. We interviewed the founder of Casper, Warby Parker, Harry's Razors, Chess.com, Relatively Safe, Birchbox, Vonage, you name it, uh, you know, um, engineers from SpaceX and NASA, we, we really try the first CEO of Dunkin' Donuts. We have CEOs and founders every day that come and talk to our kids. And what we do, we play a little trivia with the kids about a particular topic. And that topic is about the founder or speaker of the day. So their questions are informed. We truly believe in preparing, being, being researched. And then we they interview him basically or her they ask questions and they learn from these uh, founders who the most common thing that they tell the kids is perseverance uh, grinding never giving up believing in yourself and so those mentorship messages and those inspirations are a big part of what we do Um, and so that is a big and that's one program like just just one extracurricular thing that they can do within the club um, we have some kids who are really just coming every day for Rocket Club Live outside of their core class. And mm-hmm. and so it's it's truly a unique experience. And that's why we find it very difficult to explain over email. And so we do a one month free trial for anybody who wants to join the club. Wow. So <laughs> that's open. incredible. Yeah, because there's no way. I mean, I, well, I, I talked for like, I feel like 10 minutes just explaining what we do. And so it's, it's hard for us to explain to the parents um, over email or over a website or, you know, and so what we do is you want to be part of the Rocket Club, please go through our website. We do have a wait list right now because um, some of our, you know, most of our classes are full, but we, every month we have people who are moving classes or their schedule changes. So then we allow people in. And so we allow anybody uh, who applies and we have a spot. There is no testing. There is no questionnaires. We don't believe in that. We believe all children are intellectually capable of being successful. They just need the environment and the nurturing. And then once they're in, they have a free month uh, to decide as a child as well as as a parent because they need to be a fit. And for us as well to know that the child is going to be a fit for the program. Wow. Okay. There's a lot. There's a lot there. 
Um, so <laughs> I would just say for my audience, you guys go to the website, go to um, rocketclub.com. Is it dot, is dot com? Yes, that's right. Um, and check out all of the offerings um, for your kids. Um, I, I think that this is a really great opportunity um, to A, start your kid um, down a STEM journey, but also towards um, an entrepreneurship journey and finding themselves a, a mentor, someone that they can talk to, look up to, emulate, follow, um, you know, whatever the term you want to use, um, which because I think that's a really good thing. And, and, and we might learn <laughs> a few yeah. things as an adult, because I can well imagine and know, you know, from from just being in the, the world of STEM for such a long time myself is that um, parents want it for their kids, um, but they sort of somehow sometimes they take themselves out of the mix, um, you know, sort of like, oh, no, that's him. You know, he's interested in that stuff. Like there's no role that they have to play in other other than I got him here. I signed him up and then let him do what he does. Um, yeah. As opposed to maybe being a part of it, learning a, a little piece of, you know, sort of immersing yourself in your um, in your your child's world. So there's there's opportunity there. Like Rocket Club Live sounds like this is something this is at my speed. So this is like, yeah. probably, like I might be logging on today um, to, to, to listen to in. It. I mean, because the thing is, is like, you know, again, we had, we started this whole episode talking about how kids, um, you know, are just so um, hungry to learn and how we, we believe that that's the way we all, you, we all lose it at some point, but we, you know, we want to, we want to bring that back. Right. Absolutely. So this Absolutely. is one way to do it. Um, and it doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot of time, you know, cause I think time is the other part. So. Absolutely. This is, I can't even, um, this work that you're doing, it matters. Um, and I can, I know, um, you know, that you're reaching, you're reaching kids everywhere. So, um, and you're giving kids an opportunity that they wouldn't, they wouldn't always have had. Um, so I want to thank you, um, for just being obedient and following your path and finding Rocket Club, and then being willing to spread the good word about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, would, I mean, it's uh, we, we're really humbled every day by the kids, um, their stories, their families, our members. We've been so, so lucky with the families that we have. They, you know, they, they're trusting us with their children. We, we are not going to see the results uh, next year. You know, this is a project that we will see the results in 10, 20 years. And we're just getting started and the parents are trusting us with that process. And so we're equally lucky and grateful for the fact that we have members who are supporting us and trusting us with their children. Wow. It's like I said, it's incredible. And I'm glad that, you know, again, you're that you're on this path. So I have um, you've already told us the um, website um, to find, you know, Rocket Club. But can you is there are there? Are, um, is Rocket Club on social media? Can we find, uh, like, yes. is there a Facebook page or some things like that? So can you tell us where, you know, if, if someone's on social media right now while they're listening? Um, Absolutely. They, okay. The best way, yeah, the best way to find us is to go on Instagram and then mm-hmm. forward slash Rocket Club. 
or search within Instagram for Rocket Club, one word, and then you will see the logo. We have a astronaut's hat as the logo. And, uh, you know, we, we, you could tell straight away from the page that we are a children program. Um, you know, we could, you could see one of our interviews with the editor-in-chief on Entrepreneur Magazine, Jason Pfeiffer, which was incredible. Um, so, yeah, please do follow us, see what we post. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us too, either through the website or through the Instagram profile. Love it. All right. So now I have one last question for you. And it is the question that we ask every single guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could go back, if you could travel back through time and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give her and why? Oh, boy, that's such a good one. And I wish I could do this. I really, truly wish. I would tell my younger self to just relax more, enjoy living the moment more uh, and just enjoy because you're going to make it. Trust mm. you're going to make it. Trust you're going to be fine. Trust in the power of the universe that it's going to manifest all the events that are right for you with your hard work. If you work hard and if you're hot in the right place, your energy is in the right place, just relax and enjoy the process. I wasn't able to do that as a young child. And the reason I would do it is because later on in life, I struggled with, um, with uh, mental health. Um, I struggled with depression. I struggled with anxiety. And that all stemmed from the pressures uh, you know, I put on myself. The you know, the outside environment will always be there. Um, our inner peace should only be influenced by our state of mind. It should not be influenced with what's outside. And so, I would go back and tell my uh, self as a young woman, <clears throat> as as a child, even because I think I've matured uh, uh, quicker due to the circumstances. To just relax, enjoy the process. Don't worry about the future. Um, you will make it, you'll be fine. And just um, focus on being in the moment. Mm. Um. Hello? Hi. Asia? Asia? Okay. Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. I just, that's a lot. <laughs> it's good. It was good. It was good. Yeah. I had right. so much fun. Uh, thank you for just, again, being amenable for telling your story um, on, on stimming and stilettos. I mean, the whole focus of, of this show is to, um, it, well, it's, there's twofold. So one is to make sure that um, women of color in STEM or minority women in STEM have a platform, a safe platform to tell their stories, and that they know um, that you know this is this is a this is free, right? There's no yeah. there's no pushback or there's no there's not going to be any one who's going to judge you for your story, um, for the things that happen to you um, or for you. So we're here yeah. for you to get it get your story out there in the world and for you to basically help others. So. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> what you're doing is amazing. I mean, what you're doing is amazing. It's uh, it's time. It's time to change the narrative, and we can't we can't wait for the narrative to be changed because the um, big media companies are going to listen to us. We have to all do our bit. You know, we have to all 
start doing, uh, start spreading the message about who we are. Yeah. I mean, that I, I, I firmly believe that. So there's a story we have to tell. Um, and there's a reason why we need to, we need to tell it. Um, we are notorious um, women, um, minority women in particular, um, for not telling our stories. We will take, we will take our experiences, our lessons, our trauma, if you will, um, we'll take them all to the grave, um, having thought that we were doing the world a favor. Um, right. When, when right. we know that, you know, even, even in our pain and trauma and experiences and lessons and triumphs, there are, there are lessons and, and little nuggets that we can give to the world so that little girls somewhere, you know, Morocco, New York, New Jersey, Atlanta, would pick pick those little nuggets up and and it'll be just the thing that she needs to continue Absolutely. on their journey. 100%. All right. <laughs> so, um thank you guys for joining us today on this episode of Stimmy and Stiletto. Um I again, I am infinitely honored that you guys chose um chose this podcast to listen to today on a, and again our guest um Aisha Sharif, is she? I I love this episode, and I know that you will too. So I want to thank you again for being on the show. Okay, so um, if you guys, uh, as we end as we end end the show, I really just again want to thank you guys and make sure that you guys are listening um, to us. You know, you can find us anywhere um, podcasts are listened to. And until um, we meet again, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stimming and Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stemming in Stilettos.